0: You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast. Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are the Joes, Will Greenwood, Ryan Livergood, and Jake Patterson. Let's the doodle do this. What's going on with the Fantasy Joes? I'm Ryan. We got Will. We got Jake. And we're talking about the Scott Fishbowl, Scott Fishbowl 11 tonight. But first, guys, how's it going? With the BPP.
1: That's the basement pillow palace. We got a little bit different setup for tonight, but uh, we're ready to rock and roll. So if the voice is a little bit different, if it sounds a little bit pitchy, doesn't sound as uh, earthy, earthy as it should. uh, There also, you might hear a dog barking occasionally, but that is probably just me celebrating something.
2: I was going to start us off with some dog barks, but then I realized we're talking Scott Fishbowl and I should try to make some like fish noises or something. Mm -hmm. Good luck Mm -hmm. with that.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) Hey, I'm a fish. I sit in a tank.
1: And uh, I do
2: stuff. You have a talking fish? Can we spend more time on this talking fish you have? Nah, he's he's a jerk.
0: (laughs) Okay, I need to segue away from that. Speaking of of jerks, there's a on Reddit, and we're going to look at the Fantasy Football subreddit for today's (laughs) Fantasy Joe's. This usually is like tweet of the week, but this is going to be. I don't know. This is this was on this Facebook. Set, I thought it was really interesting. So, and social media find of the week. Who would you rather have in Dynasty? Please add supporting argument and comments. So this is really interesting. This is um, Dynasty trade superflex. I guess. So basically, it's between Tyree Kill and DK Metcalf. And guys, it's like dead even. I've never seen something this close. There's um, over 2,800 votes, and basically Tyreek Hill is winning by like 30 votes. So when I saw this, I was kind of surprised because thought I thought to myself. DK Metcalf clearly is going to be the pick here because of of age, if nothing else, but there are a lot of people that disagree. So what do you guys think? Who who do you take? You'd be happy with either one of them, obviously, but Tyree killer DK Metcalf, Jake, what what do you think?
2: Um, It's Two interesting people for sure. Like we're, we might be talking about the two most special wide receivers in the league in terms of like, they are, we don't, we've, what was the term that the fantasy joes like to use? They're not unicorns because we have them. Platypus, platypus, I think yeah. they're way too common. But anyways, they're just they're special, right? Um, I think the main difference between DK Metcalf and Tyreek Hill, like you said, it is there's a huge age difference. You're getting four years younger with DK Metcalf and four years of prime, which is just like so crucial. Tyreek Hill has really like bad character issues from. Like every angle, I am I can't say that he has resolved any issues. And I, I can't even say that he's guilty of the things he's accused of. But there's definite risk there, where DK Metcalf just seems like an angel to me. That, like, again, that's all perspective, and I don't know either of these people. But, like, I just think there's far less risk there when it comes to off-the-field issues. The only risk I see with DK Metcalf, because he's almost a perfect prospect slash player for me right now he is uh wide receiver two behind aj brown for me um the only risk for dk metcalf is i think russell wilson could potentially still be out the window next season like he came out he came out on the i think the dan patrick show and said like i would be trade i would be okay with traded to these four teams or whatever and like who does that like like there was definitely motive there behind that. He doesn't. He didn't just do it for. He was asked about it. He was asked about it recently, and his rationale was, "Oh, I just wanted Seattle to know if they thought about trading me. These were the four teams. Seattle doesn't doesn't want to trade Russell Wilson. They've never wanted to trade Russell Wilson. So it's a, it's a weird excuse. So I definitely still think there is some thought process behind Russell Wilson that if things don't go completely his way this year that he might be looking to push his cards like further on the table, like his chips further on the table to get what he wants here. So I do think that there is some risk with Metcalf there, but they've talked about being the best QB wide receiver duo. Like DK Metcalf could be the best wide receiver of our generation. Like the guy is just superhuman. So I think it's pretty clear cut DK Metcalf just for the youth and stuff, but you can't really hate on Tyree Kill. Like the guy can get you 40 points any week.
0: Yeah. The comments were really interesting because people that were arguing for Tyreek Hill talked about the quarterback association that Hill is lo- pretty much locked into Patrick Mahomes, and, you know, kind of what he's done. He's, he's, we've, we've seen him finish as a, you know, top two, three wide receiver for a couple of years and DK, although we think he's going to do it, hasn't done it yet. But Will, what what do you think for you? Is it clearly DK Metcalf or are you thinking eh, maybe Tyreek Hill has some things going for him?
1: Well, there, there's a gap in fantasy points. Like overall, you know, and that's when you think about like the championship run, and that's what uh, again, dynasty becoming such a bigger community overall. And with fantasy football, I guess this was on the fantasy football forum, and not the dynasty fantasy football forum. Uh, it's it's interesting because a redraft perspective, I think you take Tiger Hill easily above DK Metcalf. It, does, it even if it's just around. It's not that it's not that that massive of a gap. But okay. I do I, I do agree with like Jake and like the. The years in his prime, and we haven't seen the best of DK Metcalf yet, in my opinion. So that's, I mean, like a straight-up trade, yes, I think I would take DK Metcalf, unless I'm in, like, this older, aging-out window where I think Tyre Kill could produce more for me This like these next two years. Uh, I can't remember what uh, Tyreek Kill's uh, contract obligate like what he's locked into at this moment. But he did sign an extension with Kansas City. I don't know when that ends, and that that may affect it because, like the, I mean, the cap will increase next year over this year because we're gonna have fans in the stands and everything like that, and we're kind of a dilly of a pickle uh, for this season. So the long story short is, uh, I, I in a, a startup draft, this is where I look at in dynasty. In a startup draft, who am I taking? Metcalf, retire, kill. If I if I absolutely have to, I'm I'm taking Metcalf.
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think it's a pretty clear choice. And that's why I was so surprised it was so close and actually Tyreek Hill having the edge. But I, I, as you pointed out, Will, I think the, the fact that it's in the fantasy football, um, some Reddit and not the dynasty football probably would change things. Um, I, yeah, I just think with, with TK Metcalf, yes, you're projecting a little bit, but we have to do that in dynasty. We have to look ahead in a crystal ball and see that, okay, this guy's going to put up some monster years. And Tyreek Hill, the other thing we didn't mention about him is that, he tends to miss a little bit of time. You will know, have a little hamstring uh tweak here and there. I just think that's the nature of the way he plays the game because he's so explosive and I just feel like with DK Metcalf, it's not that he's not gonna miss time, but the guy kind of feels like Superman on the field. You know, he's, he's just yeah it's stoppable sometimes. I, so I, I think
1: yeah, game game feel wise, Tyra Kill might might be the fastest player in the NFL. I, I I don't know whether or not that's close when it comes to actual like watching him make moves on the field. It uh he he Watch is definitely it. electric and it, also you you're going to get you're going to get feedback in this type of forum from player from people that had tire kill in their fantasy rosters last year and he won you a week in the first half last season and that always 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 resonates it resonates very very hard you forget about the bad weeks the bad times the you know the just for injuries and like the you know the, that 7 point PPR game that he had so that it's hard to kind of lose that, lose that perspective. I do think, I think DK Metcalf is very special. Lockett's locked in there. Uh, He at least has two more years in Seattle and they could be competing closer fantasy points coming into this season than what, than what I am like, like I'm trying to present the counterpoint to chase of like youth, you know, production, everything like that, because Tyreek Hill has been so far above him, but Metcalf can grow. Metcalf can grow into the number one wide receiver in fantasy so much easier then uh, because tyree kills up there he's like he's like the second wide receiver from fantasy right now in redraft so i think i think Metcalf has a really big opportunity
0: I, I like that point will about the way they finished too uh, um because i'm thinking about you know tyree kill had some just monster weeks last year that won it for, won it for you and, and dk had a couple as well but they were early in the year so if you look at late in the year during the fantasy playoffs you know he was uh, five five catches for forty three yards zero touchdowns week fifteen week 16, six for fifty nine once again zero touchdowns you know that's you know that's that's not going to win you a championship right in, in your playoffs that that's not a great performance yeah, yeah give me Tim playoffs. give me Tim Hightower yeah <laughs> right so I think I think that's fresh in people's minds I think it's a great point um and, but I think that we'll see DK Metcalf starting maybe this year, as soon as this year put up some monster performances in the fancy playoffs hopefully so.
2: Jake, final word on this. Uh, Metcalf chasing down Buda Baker last year was probably one of the craziest oh, yeah. athletics geek, uh, things I have seen on a football field. Um, DK Met- Metcalf is actually 0.01 faster in the 40 yard dash than Tyreek Hill, once adjusted. Um, and I just think we're just scratching the surface with DK Metcalf, right? Like he's only going to develop. Like the work ethic he has shown, like just based on reports and practice, and if the guy goes into like every position group and trains. Like, like the guy is just, I don't know, man. I don't know how you could say a bad word about DK Metcalf. So, again, like, if we're talking about two phenomenal players here, and I agree that Tyreek Hill will win you. He had some blow ups weeks last year, he did the year before, and he will this year and the next year. Like, he will have 40, 40 point weeks. That's just who Tyreek Hill is. But I just think. Like you guys said, and I'm going to reiterate it, DK Metcalf will have those weeks himself. It's just a matter of time.
0: That's right. That's right. So let's see where we might talk about these guys taking them with the Scott Fishbowl 11, which is coming up. So, Wait, SF... so we're, we're all DK Metcalf. Sorry to interrupt. We're DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf yes. podcast.
1: All
2: right. That's right. I would have trouble picking anyone over DK Metcalf. He's in my top tier list. Like. I don't know. Yeah, he's.
0: I mean, there's very little not to like about him. Yeah, I mean, there's some some risk there, I guess, with Russell Wilson maybe leaving and that type of thing. But I otherwise, I just think that he's he's a pretty not only not only safe, but just you know, the sky's the limit. Oh man, I love I love DK Metcalf. I I need to acquire more of him.
2: The perfect guy on Sundays to like when you're watching Red Zone or whatever that to have him watch like watching him make plays and knowing that you have him is you just love fun, fun players and fantasy. That's kind of
0: the point. Yeah. He was a hard guy for me guys. And so I was fun on like my DFS lineups that like you, I always wanted to start him, you know, he just was like one of those guys that you just always wanted to play. Cause it just felt so like, you know, and it wasn't always the best move, but it <laughs> always felt like it was safe, you know? Um, all right. Well, we're going to transition here. We're not going to uh, spend too, too much time on this, but, but I guess the rest of this episode anyway is about the scott fishbowl um and it's it's a it's a fun league it's a fun format so we just thought we would share some tips on where to get more information about scott fishbowl you know maybe some strategies just some thoughts so we're just gonna gonna have some fun and talk about it and i will say with the show notes that i have not yet put together but i will it, it will be a nice definitive guide for resources for um, finding things for, for getting ready for SFB 11. Cause we, we've got some, there's some great websites, great resources. And I think one of the first things I would say about Scott fishbowl, if you're participating for the first time, there's a lot of great information out there. So make sure you take advantage of it. A lot of, a lot of good free stuff and some stuff you can, you can pay. And, and um, that helps support SFB. So anyway, w- what are, what are some, some thoughts that you guys have? So um, anyway, um Shout out to, to, I know I'm with Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters, um, so shout out to any of my rivals in that division that will be doing some intel and listening to this podcast, if any, if they even care. They're not worried about me. They're worried about uh, Tom Everett, Scott, Jake. So what 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 division are you in?
2: I'm in the Taylor Swift division.
0: Oh, that's How can I forget? It's right there. I right. don't
2: know how you could forget. I have decided. I'm to trying to forget. My division. I division. Ad- image out of my head and then, is that uh, your I, th- I thought it was Taylor. <laughs> at this point <laughs> i'm honoring my division by doing cover arts replacing taylor swift with myself that i think i've only done the easiest one like i'm kind of hesitant to do other ones but it's just too fun not to same with the, like the entire scott Fishville, right like I, I i talked about it last episode with just how so much things that you can do to get involved and this how it's a special thing for the community to get together and to do all that they do. Um, like Ryan said, especially with like the Potathon, the Abbey makers, the list goes on and on for how much they can do with charity.
1: And, and, but, and a big, oh, big shout <laughs> out to Scott fish, the oh, first, absolutely. the first ever guest on the, the fantasy Joe's dynasty
2: fantasy football podcast. Downhill from there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably um but yeah yeah and scott is just a great obviously you know through helping out uh, you know a couple of no-name guys on, on on twitter like yeah i'll jump on your first ever show why not he didn't know who the heck we were um to obviously raising a tremendous amount of of money for uh fancy cares and um doing so many great things and really bringing, bringing the community together that's what's so cool about it and, and i know scott gets a lot of help from a lot of people uh including ryan mcdowell Uh, John Bosch, who raised just a boatload of money through his Eliminators, so it's it's so cool. It brings people together. And guys, what I love about it is that it really like like everyone's kind of talking about it. You know, I was I was listening in the car the other day to um, Fade the Noise, which is on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Brad Evans is one of the hosts of that, uh, formerly of Yahoo Fame, and they were talking about it. They were doing like a Scott Fishbowl mock draft, and I thought this is cool. This is like a national broadcast you know and like i know uh you know cbs the, those guys will facebook all day will talk about it if they haven't already and you know chris harris talks about it all the, you know the fantasy footballers talk about it like all the everybody like all the mainstream fantasy people matthew barry's in it it's just it's fun how it just you know it's, it's kind of the some of the rest to talk about in these doldrums of dynasty when we've kind of gotten past our rookie drafts and actions kind of slow you know slowing down not a lot of news coming out it's just it's cool it's cool that we have it, and it yeah. raises money for a great cause. It's so cool.
2: We've been uh, live streaming making Avi makers, like not me specifically, but some of the members in the group. And I know an uh, upcoming episode, they'll be live streaming making Matthew Barry's uh, Avi. So that'll be pretty cool. Nice.
0: What? What? Um, Jake, is, how is it too late for people to sign up for getting their Avi's man? When is that? When's the deadline? What-
2: What a wonderful question. I don't think there like is a deadline. I think uh, like obviously our goal is to get them all done um, probably by the start of the season. Hopefully if we get them by the draft, Um, I think we have over 20, over 20 pages filled with orders. And I think we're like half or past half. So I don't think anyone is like if you ordered last week, you probably have an Abby. I don't think anyone is past that week mark yet
0: yeah i i full disclosure i have not ordered my Abby yet so i'm i'm, I'm in trouble fortunately i know a guy that's you're good yeah i, I should be okay they,
2: they they come in by the hour so you're definitely not alone
1: you're it's gonna good. get a, you're, you're get a jake avatar uh if, it's if like a standard so switch it. one yeah
0: <laughs> oh that that would be that'd be fun uh, i i can't wait to, to see what it's what's gonna be um so should we talk about, uh, I mean, I don't know that we necessarily need to go through all the resources. I'll put them in the, in the show notes, but everything's out there, man. I mean, there's some new tools every year. So things like um, Kevin O'Brien, the FF engineer, for he has a nice dashboard. I think he's been in this for a while. So it's a great resource to go and look at like ADP because I think he's um, taking on the mock drafts and, and, and kind of putting them together. Um, a new site, the, the footballworkshop.com. I'm not sure who runs this website. I want to give them credit. Um, but guys, I love this cause you can just start a, a mock draft, like on your own. Like I, I, think it's, it takes ADP and does a mock draft and it's, it's free, totally free. So, um, I, I did one, which we can talk about. Have you guys, have you, did you look at that Jake? Well,
2: no, it's
0: such a cool site. So, you know, I have,
2: sorry, I haven't the, yet. I've, uh, I've, I'm familiar with the Josh ADHD always has a active one tracking like the satellites and the Scott fishbowl, which is a tool that I use pretty heavily throughout the draft.
0: Yeah, it's, it's fun. And there are a lot of tools that go live and who's the, I'm trying to think anyway, we'll, we'll put the, those tools in the show notes. So, but I, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about the format and, and strategy and um, you know, the uh, will you took a, a pretty deep dive into this and you had some really interesting notes um and, and one of the interesting things to talk about with this guys is the is kickers and just the fact that you know if if you are to look at like you know this the, like the last year scoring how it would have turned out obviously kickers are on the top of the list but at some point it actually seems like it's a viable strategy in this thing to start watching kicker kickers over maybe like a wide receiver four or five or something so
1: uh, i so we're starting this off on kickers
0: I, I think so because I think this is where it's you got to know, if nothing else, where to start taking them. Well, I think that's I a, that
2: an advantage. Let's let's do a quick run through on the scoring settings this year because special to the Scott Fish Bowl is that he likes to keep it unique. Every year is different, so I think the most notable things to point out are: it's six point passing touchdowns, but you're going to get negative four per interception and an additional negative two for pick six. So you kind of want to walk quarterbacks who are a little bit safer with the football. Um, You're going to get 0.5 per first down rushing and receiving, which I believe they had first down points last year, but not every league has first down points. So it's always something to consider. And then tight ends are going to get an additional 0.5 for both first downs and receptions. So a little bit of a tight end premium.
1: Yeah. And so everything I've done and and looked at this is based on this current year scoring and it's, we only have one year in the past that you can really look up easily in what the scoring settings are and uh, what these players are doing. So, I, you know, you look back to 2019 and 2020, because 2020, first of all, first and foremost, this is complete uh, dynasty in redraft fantasy football is – 2020 was one of the, the strangest years we have ever had in fantasy football. Uh, no fans in the stands, uh, whether things were going to happen. You had a game played on, like, a Wednesday, a Tuesday – it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was just a complete mess. Uh, it was funny. The Steelers seemed like the most affected be it by other teams, though, that they were like, well, the Steelers are going to play this game. They're going to do it during this time. So that was looking at, uh, as Ryan talked about, if you want to just go kickers. So, uh, you know, kickers, because the scoring format based on kickers is on this, uh, it, it just matters where they kick it from. There's no, like, bonuses, 30-plus or 40-plus. It's just whatever yards they get. Uh, is whatever the kick the, the kick is worth, and the first thing I noticed is I looked through quite a few uh, Scott Fish, at 80, uh, SFB eleven ADPs, see where they're going, and so kickers are going into 160 plus picks, uh, or you know like the mid 14th round to start, and I think one of the things I noticed, and again they're mock drafts, but like that like maybe maybe Zerline was going a little bit too high. But uh, these players are, you know, they are top 144 scorers. So they are a starting player in your lineup each and every week in the 12 team, Uh, sorry, top 120 because you start 10 players a week over week. Uh, They are like in the scoring range, they are, could potentially be a great base. So what I first noticed was where these guys are going for a nice safe floor. You can take upside picks a little bit later, like, that kind of upside player yeah yeah he's going to be a, a great upside pick and it might not be the best example of all this but uh, a nice safe kicker who has great consistency and accuracy like justin tucker is most likely in my opinion going to score outscore a player like that in overall points for the uh, weeks one through 17 this year during the scott fishbowl so they give you a great base uh like a great floor so i looked at justin tucker uh harrison Bucker. Uh, Jay, uh, I think it's Jason Sanders. I just wrote Sanders in my notes. Uh, and Youngway Koo are like four of the nice, safe bets to get in the later round. I noticed that like in, in one mock draft we looked at, Lance, Lance Zerline went first. Not Lance Zerline, because uh, that's the, the NFL rider. Uh, but but Zerline for the Cowboys is going earlier. Zerline's a fine Craig the pick. the leg.
0: For, Craig the leg. But you,
1: you have so much more negative points for missed kicks than what you have for make kicks. So he will hit some bombs. And maybe have some great weeks, but the missed kicks you, you need to pay attention to in their accuracy. So those four, Justin Tucker, Harrison Bucker, uh Sanders from Miami, and Youngboy Koo are the four that I'd be targeting And those uh these are going like fourteenth round, I would bump them up a couple of rounds. Like grab them in the 12th for a nice little base.
0: Yeah, I, I just think it's interesting because you know you, you get into like scoring from last year, and basically when you kind of when you get to wide receiver threes like into wide receiver three is when like the top kickers from last year kind of that's where the scoring is just to kind of put it in context so i i do think that you know you want you want to balance it not that you want to reach for kickers but well i think it what what was interesting when i was looking at the show notes you were talking about kickers was the fact that you know at some point yeah you want to draft for upside because a tournament like this you probably win by drafting these guys that explode late but also, you know, at some point you want to grab some of these kickers, which I think it just makes it so much fun. Um, and, and looking at the scoring overall, man, with with the um, negative thing things, you know, with with quarterbacks that that can happen in terms of negative scoring, like quarterback is like the the king of this format. Like uh, like if you look at the top players, you know, they're they're all quarterbacks. So, you know, guys, when I did a mock, I I thought it was super important to get QBs early because I think if you miss. Um, you're you're gonna have some problems in this format. So, I don't know if you guys felt the same way when you looked. If, if you thought, because because when I, when I did my mock and I looked at this, I'm like, man, I think I want to take quarterbacks. You know, at, at least the two out of the first three rounds, and then if I could grab a premium tight end, I think it's huge because you look at the scoring, and we know the tight end position is you're gonna have like, you know, the you know Kelsey Waller Kittle. And, and, and maybe we have Kyle Pitt somewhere, but I just feel like there's a big separation between the top tier tight ends and everybody else. And I feel like with, you know, drafting running backs or wide receivers, odds are, if if you, if you guess right, you can probably draft a wide receiver running back that could finish as, you know, a, a top, you know, six, eight in scoring. So I guess long story short, I think early I want to focus on quarterbacks and maybe one of those elite tight ends, if I can, and if not, then I guess I want to, Tied in with some upside like Dallas Goddard or Kyle Pitts or something. So that's kind of my well, general general thoughts uh, overall.
1: Uh, so, right uh, bouncing
0: around here, I guess,
1: uh, I have to talk about like just kickers, which did way too much research on kickers for that uh, little, little diatribe there. Uh, so, QB overall scoring from 2019 to 2020 went up massively in this this current Scott, the, like this SFB 11 scoring. And I think that you could get yourself into trouble by overpaying for quarterbacks. Uh, In 2020 uh, there were 10 quarterbacks that scored over 300 points, which is like a big score. Like there's a big differentiator between the top quarterbacks and the lower seeds uh, than than what we're looking at versus 2019, only five quarterbacks uh, would have scored over 300 points. Again, fans in the stands, road games. You got to keep this in mind when you're doing your Scott Fishbowl drafting. Like this, this, this kind of stuff matters. So that's, that's a whole like quarterback drafting strategy where I think quarterbacks going to go very early and very often because a lot of people are just going to look back at last year's stats and how this worked out. And I think that fading, like fading, and I have a couple targets, but like fading quarterbacks a little bit could be a better strategy going into 2021 because we're going to have more of a regular NFL season than what we did last year.
0: Yeah. I'll tell you what though. Um, when I so I this will be my third Scott Fishbowl. I'm different a couple of years ago, but I think it was SFB nine. It's I different faded, scoring now. I fa- I know, but but I will say even even though it's different scoring, the, and then it was, it was just that one year. But I faded quarterbacks I thought the way and maybe it was the right strategy. Maybe the way to win this is to avoid quarterbacks early and then you get the right ones late. And if they hit, like I I I was at, um I'm not sure which one previous iterations, but the um, year where Patrick Mahomes broke out. I I did pretty well in Scott Vishbowl because I drafted him pretty late compared to other quarterbacks and he hit. And that's, I I think that's how you get, you you do well in, in this format, obviously, is you, you hit on some of those late guys that really explode. So the key is to guess who those guys are and maybe to that end. Yeah. Maybe that's the right approach. You know, you, you know, like you, you know, maybe Jalen hurts, you get him in the third round. He's your first quarterback and then you hit on someone else late. Then if you've got studs early, you could, you can do some damage. I don't know, Jake. What what, what are you thinking? Uh, you have any? Are you just kind of going to see what happens with the draft, or do you, do you have like a strategy developing in your mind how you want to attack it? And where are you drafting from?
2: Um, I was going to ask you the same question. So I'm I'm in one, draft- the
0: 108. So
2: I'm 104. Um, I was my initial thought was I was going to be drafting one of the four Q- QBs who fell to me, rather Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, or Kyler Murray lock myself into a Konami QB type. That was my initial thought. But I, but Kelsey's Kelsey's super tempting with, with, like Ryan said, just the disparity between the top tier and uh, lower tier tight ends in this format. Um, Scott Fishbowl has 1,920 teams in it this year. So it is very terminus, ter, permanent. am I saying that right? <laughs> Tournament uh, or, or, or tournament,
0: some people say. Uh, you're, we, we got in you. It that, that
2: it's a. Uh, it is very hard to win these leagues, right? Like it's almost a milli maker, but the difference being that you can still make free agent pickups. So, the quarterback early is interesting. Um, I agree with Ryan in the sense that it is extremely safe. I feel like if you can grab two guys early, you can you can kind of ride on all year and you can kind of set it and forget it with them which i think there is a strategy to that but i also kind of think in this kind of league it would it's kind of important to um not just like zig when others are zagging, but it it might be easier to hit on that mid-round late QB than it would be to uh like hit that same league-winning running back or i think if a quarterback got injured you still have the opportunity to pick up a backup where you don't have to guess um, like a backup running a backup quarterback is usually predictable in the sense of who is the incumbent. Like if someone is injured, who is going to be taking those there It's not real deep benches. Um It's not real deep benches, right? So that's what you said. So there should be free agents back, like backup quarterbacks.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's possible to pick up QBs and for I'm sure. not saying
2: like, I'm more thinking too like the league winner might be like a Zach Wilson type more so than um, drafting a Ryan Tannehill in round two type of thing Um, where you might get similar production, but Tannehill is going to look safer on the surface. But in a league like this, you don't want to be looking for safety in my mind. You want to be like stretching upside. You want to be looking for like, like theories of what needs to go right for this to hit and just hope it, like it all goes right. Right. Like it's, it's very hard to just try and think of the right words here, but you can't so, just draft like a typical league. Right. Yeah. Uh, Good. Uh, well.
1: Yeah. Another point on the quarterback strategy, and this is where it came to me. It's like, uh, like, like a dart throw and I didn't, I don't have his ADP because I don't have it right in front of me, but there's one thing with this scoring system, quarterbacks put up negative games potentially massive negative games like weak losing native games in the most crucial times a la justin herbert last year and again quarterback scoring was up because we didn't have fans in the stands but i think in the scott fishbowl one of your number one later round quarterback targets should 100 percent be daniel jones he did have bad overall like 2020 and i get you know fans in the stands and everything but like They've had upgrades there in a lot of different positions that'll be relevant to Dan- like Daniel Jones. He doesn't have a, a a person right behind him that's ready to take his spot and ready to like you know pivot off to. They don't have like this this future sense. This is a whole test year for him. So there's a massive uh, there could be a massive upswing in offensive efficiency and what they've added. And in twenty, let's just let's just rewind it. Uh, he only had one negative game in 2019 in the scoring system. Uh, and then I think he had like, it was just, I think he just had one or two last year, but his overall quarterback scoring was down. So to me, uh, if I like when I'm drafting the Scott Bowl, uh, I'm targeting Daniel Jones as that late QB target. I just think that's, that it's such a safe floor with what it, what else has he has to offer on the rushing side.
0: It's a good name, and he's going. He's actually going after, according to um, this this mock site, um, fifty six. You know, is his ADP in these mocks. So he's going after Zach Wilson. So uh, fifty six overall. So I think that's a good name, will to to pull out. And I think that's one of the things I want to do, guys, is is kind of look at the list and, and look at ADP. See where guys are going and guys that I like. Kind of write that down as targets. Um, but but I, I do think you're right it, it's all about the upside Jake I think at the 104 Kelsey is a is a super viable option and maybe the smart play because you you know I mean it's, it's it's you don't like you don't like taking Kelsey with the with the advantage that no the no getting. he
1: scored five more fantasy points per game in 2020 he did in 2019 Travis Kelsey did so it's, you're just, about just you're, you're buying regression. you're buying past production with Travis Kelsey at that point i I I, I whether we're running back scoring this league, you have to get stars and you have to get stars in the most important moments at the end of the year. And I just don't see Travis Kelsey's not going to carry you to a championship. I mean he might have last year for players, but I don't see it this year. I think you're buying into the past. So you so, should go either safer, you should either like just go base and, and get your the next quarterback off the list or take your number one running back.
0: Let's go. Okay, so if you could get if you if I gave you this scenario and you can pick other, whoever you want in any round, the first three rounds. So if I say, well, you, you can either take Kelsey in the first round of the Scott Fishbowl, you can take Waller in the second round or Kittle in the third round. Do you think it's for you? Is it clearly take, take Kittle? Because you get him later. He's got the upside that Kelsey had last year. And then you can grab a stud running back and quarterback in the first two rounds or whatever you want to do.
1: Yeah, it's that tournament mentality. Kittle was, wasn't that far behind like a per, pay, a per game pace uh of what Travis Kelsey was in twenty nineteen overall. And if he can if he can come within that realm of that tight end in the third round, use your first round pick in a wiser position.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think you could fault somebody because some someone may win the Scott Fishbowl by taking George Kittle at the at the one oh four. But I but I think you make a good argument that you might be buying him at a ceiling and it's maybe that's safe. Whereas I, I I'm looking to see, I'm sure you that, have, that Pitts you have to the... avoid negative weak QBs in the Scott fishbowl yeah. in the tournament
1: time. So yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll have Justin Herbert put up like, what like negative, like he put up like negative 17, the most crucial moment or negative 15 or something like that. So and again, like, t- like tight end. Yeah. Travis Kelsey was a, a, like an overall great producer, but I think a top end running back to getting to that point it just it, it matters so much more. And also, we are not appreciating how much of an outlier Travis Kelsey's scoring was last season. Five points per game from last season to this, from 2019 to 2020, is important to note. Let somebody else take Travis Kelsey, take a better option.
0: Yeah, I, I think that maybe the the county argument would be, uh, you know, like, okay, I could take, like, looking at um, overall at about 38, I could take Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And then I can also take Kyle Pitts. So, you know, you could make the argument, well, if I I take, uh, you know, Waller early in the second and then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Edwards-Hilaire has that upside to be like this top running back in this format at the end of the season. You could make the same argument about Kyle Pitts too, so... I don't know. There's a lot of ways to look at it. I mean, I, can, can you make the same same argument for Kyle Pitts?
1: Like, is his dynasty, like, great pick? He's still, in year one, is not going to be this producer for the Scott Fish Bowl. Unless,
0: unless he is the unicorn and he has this amazing monster first year, then he's a winner. I mean, he's a league winner. He's got the talent to do it. Not man. if that draft capital is not a <laughs> league winner. Fourth round? I mean, early fourth round? You could you could get a couple uh, couple of solid QBs with upside and a, and a... Pretty solid running back, and then take Kyle Pitts. I I think that's.
2: Best I think term. one thing we got to remember too with, with the Scott Fishbowl is you can't be afraid to take your shots or take some chances. Like we're we're aiming strictly for upside here. Safety is the the lot like the least of my concerns um, in the Scott Fishbowl. Um, if I think Kyle Pitts could be like who who we project Kyle Pitts to be, uh, I would take him in the top four rounds easy.
1: Yeah, that fourth round pick, like Kyle Pitts, is gonna be gone.
2: Unless you're willing to reach, game. you're not getting Kyle Pitts. At this point, I, I bet right? he'll
0: go in the third most drafts, not yeah. the
2: second. Yeah, by the time but it's, it's and done. Because his ceiling is so high, right? Like, and you have to aim for your, for that league winning upside. Like, yeah. You're not
1: versus, get... versus somebody like Mark Andrews is a much better pick than Kyle
2: Pitts. Depends where you get him. But
0: well, you're getting him like it, like, like at 50, obviously fifty-fifty fourth overall. So you're getting him, you know, considerably If it's like later, a one round a difference, later. give me Pitts. Yeah.
2: Like I'd rather pay a round up and grab Pitts, who I think is like a way way superior talent. I,
0: I do think when it's all said and done, that it's probably going to be a couple round difference between those guys. When when because uh, I I just you know and it, and the other thing that's really interesting about Scott Fishbowl too, if you've ever played it before, is like I'll look at what's going on with Taylor Swift and Jake's draft, and I'll see like you know eleven of the first twelve picks are QBs. In a my league, maybe it's you know six of the first twelve because owners approach it differently. So I remember, you know, last time I played Scott Fishbowl was a couple of years ago, and, and Trey and I trading notes. And, like, Trey was jealous of me because I was getting these guys, like a couple of runs later than him, that we both were interested in. And not that it mattered because I didn't do so well that year, but um, that's just how it is. It's so interesting to see how varied, you know, these these different um, these different drafts go in some cases.
2: I drafted, yeah. I drafted Barkley last year at the 102. So, my my Scott Fishbowl was over pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just like we shot from Caffrey earlier, really, too. It's like, it's the same. But like, he was the <laughs> yeah. best pick at that time. Uh, to me, another really great base quarterback, and this is assuming he wins the position and the job, is Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, he had no negative games in 2020 and finished his QB 14. He could be one of the value steals of the draft. This is this draft strategy. This is, uh, was it like Zagging, whatever else is Zigging? Uh, he's a plug-and-play starter. If you like, if you came out of the draft with, like, Teddy Bridgewater, Daniel Jones, and maybe you used an earlier pick on a quarterback, I think that's a really great strategy for Scott Fishbowl this year. And then you pair him with somebody that, I, on the mocks that I looked at, Najee Harris was going uh, pick 33 or later. That's the type of running back you want. And you want to get, that's the upside play. This is the tournament play. You have that, this, this basic quarterback kind of built in, at least some safety, uh, kind of, uh, kind of making you're making some assumptions, but you you have to do that in this type of format. And then you have Najee Harris coming in uh, as a as a you know a third round pick. That's a slam dunk.
0: Yeah, I I, I like that. I, I like the, those calls on those QBs. Yeah, so I, I I think that's a good exercise for people to do to kind of look at the like. Um, I mean, it's risky, obviously, because you know you get Bridgewater and suddenly Aaron Jones gets traded to Denver, and you're but but where you're getting him you're right you got to take chances in this league and you got to um make some projections and because if not you're you know maybe you'll do okay but if you if you really want to swing for the fences here and i think that's the goal right i i think i've i've seen and this is not a criticism but i've seen some different people say like oh i just don't want to embarrass myself or i just want to finish the top half of my division personally jake for me my goal is to win scott fishbowl and i know the odds are slim and it sounds stupid me saying it but why am I playing in this unless I'm trying to win? You know, I, my goal is to win every league yeah, I'm man, in. I'll... And this is this is one year. There's only one Scott. This isn't dynasty. There's only one Scott fishbowl 11. I want to win this one.
2: Yeah. I'm not going to put fourth place in the Scott fishbowl in my Twitter bio. <laughs> I want a Scott fishbowl champ.
0: Right. I, I mean, you know, I don't know if you finish like runner up or something, you you probably want to put it in your okay. bio, but, but, uh, but no, I'm with you, you know, I'm with you. So, so take your, Take, take your shot. You're going to need some luck. 1st yeah,
2: your last, right?
0: That's that's right. Yeah, if you're not first, you're last. So it's... The, a couple of other things I put in, and we can, we can probably wrap this up. Obviously, you know, I, I put on my list of things, have fun, because this is a fun thing. And there are a lot of ways to have fun. Uh, Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters, I, I think, thanks to dynasty outhouse the a chat got started immediately and people are coming together and um, we're already, already talking before the draft you know so get involved and you know reach out to people that have your pick and they're like chats you can get involved with and talk about strategy with the people that pick from your spot just just it's fun there's always you can you can get connected um and work the waiver wire man i, I tell you that that's that's so important you know like because you I can really change. Yeah, every league, uh, but, you know, it's especially one like this. Yeah. Um, and then my favorite Scott Fishbowl story and Scott Fishbowl 9, I had this horrible team, the team I waited on quarterbacks, so I, re- I regretted it, but um, I-, I made a run in the loser's bracket because everyone that doesn't make the the playoffs gets shuttled. If it's the same this year, gets shuttled into the Tier 2 playoffs. And I picked up guys like that's when Brashad Perryman had that run for the Tampa the Buccaneers, he was on my team. So I had all the kind of like the guys that kind of came out of nowhere, it seemed. And I made that one of the final 12 teams playing for the tier two championship and a lifetime subscription to football guys. And that was a lot of fun. I mean, obviously, we, we, not that that's something you put in your Twitter bio, right, Jake? Like tier two champion is got visible.
2: but. Oh, I would. That's awesome. It was that's fun. Champion.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. So I, I think, I think I was in like, it, like me and I think Paul Pertichese was in it. So I was talking to him about it um, and, and a couple of people. So. Um, I, I just don't give up. You know, even if you're, you start off with a bad team, there's still something at stake. So
2: even if you lose Barkley week one, <laughs> you can pick up James Robinson and keep rolling. Yeah, that's right. That's right.
0: Um, any other thoughts? We really haven't talked about running back, wide receiver. Um, any, any thoughts about those positions? Any, any other thoughts about Scott Fishbowl? Our our quick look at the uh, SFB eleven before we wrap it up, guys.
1: The uh, only thing is, if Najee slips, grab him. Other, also, if you're at that 104, you should heavily still consider Dak Prescott. Really? I mean, Dak Prescott still finished 112th overall in scoring in 2020. That's a starter on any fantasy team in overall points. And uh, basically 4.2 games.
0: I'm hoping to get Dak at the 108, Will. just, just... I think he uh,
1: I'm just saying, like, people forget about Dak. Uh, his points per game were astronomical last year. Going into like before he, his ankle popped out of his body, uh, and uh, yeah, again that that whole kickers the spectrum of it, like you know it's uh just you know, you have to have to make the playoffs in Scott in the Scott Fishbowl. You also have to have a base. So just don't just don't discount the kickers too much because they are a very very viable option. And they outscore a lot of quarterbacks in a lot of weeks. We're talking like QB1 weeks for these kickers. It's just insane. Hey,
0: well, I got a quick question for you. So you, you've you got your choice late in the, let, let's say you're, you're picking up the 108. And there's <laughs> Lamar. No, but there no. There, there, no, there's, but listen, there's Dak. There's Lamar Jackson. Um, there's a guy like Russell Wilson, who in this format, you know, doesn't make a lot of mistakes, doesn't turn the ball over a lot. Has some upside, and a guy like Aaron Rodgers of those guys. Are you you definitely taking Dak? Or are you gonna go with? Um, I might go,
2: it'd be a tough system between Lamar and Dak. Yeah. You know, you guarantee you're getting one of those guys, right? Like you have six quarterbacks in Mahomes, Allen, Jackson, Murray, Wilson, and Prescott, and then you have McCaffrey and Kelsey. Top eight, yeah,
0: probably are getting one. Of, yeah, I would say that's that's fair. Yeah, yeah, eight I think, think the biggest
2: thing.
1: No, I, I, I would take uh, I, I would take some other players above Kelsey. I think you should fade Kelsey this year. And I've been a big tight end proponent in the years past, but I think this is the this is your you, you can't buy into last year's stats as hard. It was such an outlier season overall.
2: What, I, what I, has changed in Kansas City? Why can't he do that this year? What, what? What? Tell show me why he can exactly the way it was last year. I see they've lost Sammy Watkins. Like obviously he's nothing, but. They only brought in Cornell Powell, like, unless I'm missing somebody. There's – it's a wide open. Like, besides Tyreek Hill, the ball is going to Travis Kelsey. I I just Uh, don't –
1: Things change more than that in the NFL. Like, it it, it won't be same-same coming into the season. I think banking on that is, like, like if it's Travis Kelsey or Jack Prescott, it's Jack Jack Prescott all day. and Scott. I
2: agree. You're paying for his ceiling at a 104 slot. But I'm just – I just don't see a reason why he can't hit his ceiling. So.
1: In this tournament format, though, why would you pay for that ceiling when you can pay for yeah, the upside right. and then yeah. get the ceiling later? I guess is where I come from. But yeah. I I mean, Travis Kelsey is probably a lock or is close to what we can get for a lock for the Titan one overall going into 2021. I wouldn't bet against that.
0: Yeah, no, I, yeah. It, 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 it's, it's interesting. And, and that, that's the great thing about this is that you, you can approach this on different ways. And we've only scratched the surface. And that's really all we have time to do on this episode of the fancy Joe. Hey, so guys, whoa. two, two minute warning. Any, any final thoughts, yeah.
2: Jake? I want my final thoughts on the Scott Fishbowl here. I didn't really get much kicker talk. So oh, I'm, I'm sorry.
0: Change. We can, we can extend the show. If you want to go no, on. We're okay.
2: About um, or I okay. think the majority of kickers, you're looking between a range of nine points per game and seven points per game. There's not a huge like disparity between the top elite guys. I know will mentioned the top four um, and that's like, you're just talking about the best offense in the league. So you're going to get the most scoring opportunities. So you can kind of predict that, but in a league where you're starting 11 players, it's going to be hard to find 11 starters. And like Will said, their kickers are generally safe. Like I, you're, they're less likely to get injured. Um, They could definitely miss lots of pick uh, kicks and get get replaced easily enough but I think it's a safe bet to uh, like put some guys on the end of your bench. And if you had to start a guy in a pinch as your 11th starter, I wouldn't mind starting a kicker. I wouldn't scare me at all. Yeah. That's just, uh, draft, uh, like, like, like again, like Ryan said, Scott Fishbowl is supposed to be fun, right? So talk draft 12 kickers.
1: Uh, Justin Tucker round 12, lock it into your Scott Fishbowl lineup. That's what I would say is my, my like, closing thought with that whole kicker talk, because you will get an equally high of upside player in the thirteenth, but you will not get an equally high as upside kicker. I think he's in for a big season.
2: Just Justin Tucker or Russell Gage? Oh, Justin Tucker all day. Tucker. Interesting. I'm looking <laughs> at some projections, and that's pretty close to where those guys are. Are you go, Are you
0: Are you going to so, sleep? Are you going to sleep? Because I'm tucking you into bed. <laughs> what, what then, And I want my final thought to be about kickers, and Scott Fishbowl, too, because I, I think the other thing to remember is it seems to me the, the limited research I've done on kickers is that scoring is not necessarily sticky from year to year. It can be, I think, with some of those elite offenses. But a guy like Rodrigo Blankenship, I don't think really was on the radar, and he was the number five kicker. And, and I don't know about Scott Fishbowl in this, but what I'm looking at. So I think my point is I want to have several kickers on my roster, but I don't necessarily want to go for those top-tier kickers. I'm okay to go for those mid to late kickers that are still around. That might, if their offense, you know, is more explosive than um, than than advertised, you could be one of those those top kickers you get for late. That's just a guy. you You're can not. I'm
1: in. not risking that. You're not getting that off the waiver wire.
2: Pick one You're up as just going to explode.
0: <laughs> so, anyway, um, any other other thoughts, or, or should we should we wrap up the uh, set? There were only
1: six QBs that played 15-ish games last season that did not have a negative score in a week. It was Josh Allen, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Ryan Tannehill, Lamar Jackson. I removed a few outliers like Dak, Taysom Hill, Fitzpatrick, Trubisky. but what I, oh.
2: Did Dak have a negative week?
1: Uh, no, because Dak I, – I removed Dak because he only played – Yeah, he didn't play enough. <laughs> but that's uh, – another part is quarterbacks can bone you. In Scott Fishbowl, in the most fishbowl in the most critical moments. So draft for to me, what I see here is draft upside quarterbacks that also don't produce negative weeks. Brady had a negative week last season, and with fans in the stands and how it's all going to go go down, like this, this kind of like rushing upside is important. So you're okay, like. Waiting maybe a round or two on quarterback, and I think Tannehill is one of the safest picks. But his 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 uh ADP that I saw in the box was like high enough where it wasn't worth talking about. But like Tannehill is is going to be a value probably no matter what.
0: Yeah, that's what yeah, they And The Julio Jones trade,
1: like it just yeah. wasn't worth talking. Like, but just just make a note that like draft guys that won't. Bone you in the playoffs,
0: Jake. I I think I heard you say it because I was thinking the same thing. Jalen Hurts, he's such a enigma. I think um, he, he put up a negative week. Because, well, yeah, because he could he could be the number one scorer in this format overall, but he could also have a ton of negative weeks. It's just I don't know. It, he's kind of an interesting one for me. And yeah, like
2: I,
1: yeah, draft for upside, but also draft in the mindset that like in the most critical times you gotta have guys who can rely.
2: Oh, um, speaking of values in this format, I think Trey Lance and Justin Fields, I think there's risk about how many games they'll start. And I think, again, in this kind of format, you want to take the bet that if they play all 16 games, they're going to be a value wherever you pick them. Or if they play anything close to 17 games, sorry. Anything close to that, they're going to be an absolute steal.
1: I also think, like, I think they're going to go higher than what we think. But, like, Mac Jones and the Patriots system, they're going to set them up for success. If you're just, like... If you're, but it's those last, it's the tail end of that, those roster spots you have to churn, because as the season goes, you you have to deal with it. So it's it's tough, it's tough. You have to make some difficult decisions. That's the point of Scott Fishball.
0: There, yeah, there are so many fun strategies. Uh, you know, like you, you could could you stack the new New England Patriots with the quarterbacks, Newton and, um, and then like take another quarterback and I don't know, just not worry about quarterback for the, rest of the time. There's all kinds of things you can do. Um, anyway, we we should probably wrap it up um i, I wish you the best of luck whether you're playing in scott fishbowl or not enjoy it follow follow along check the show notes got a lot of great resources there we are the fantasy joes you can find us on twitter um i am at Roto Librarian. will is at fantasy joe's for will jake is at takes jake um we are also on twitter at f of joe's you can follow us on patreon that's patreon.com slash fantasy joe's uh new episode coming out most weeks um on behalf of jake and will i'm ryan we are the fantasy joes hit me up on the twitter